Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Hello and welcome to How to Be Fine. I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I am Jolanta Greenberg. In each episode of How to Be Fine, we weigh in on what's happening in the world of happiness, health, and betterment, and we offer a bit of advice to those who are seeking it. Now, full disclosure, we are not psychologists or psychiatrists, but we are experienced self-help critics. We've lived by the rules of nearly 100 self-help books for our other podcast, by the book, which is right here in this feed if you scroll back. So we've tried on almost every kind of wellness trend out there. And besides, we are not here promising to make you all the best, richest, happiest, most optimal, highest thriving versions of yourself. If all goes well, we'll just help you feel a little closer to fine. Alrighty, Jolenta, we have a couple of compelling, intriguing, interesting, exciting advice letters to get to later in the show. But first, as usual, we're going to kick things off with our hot topic. Oh, yeah. Jolenta, you're in charge of today's hot topic. What is it? Well, Kristen, today's hot topic is brain tapping. Brain tapping, that pseudoscience where you just tap on your head and then suddenly you're never sick again and then you can talk to aliens, right? Isn't that what it is? Oh, no. Do I sound skeptical? I'm sorry. Wow. That's because it seems fake to me. 
<laughs> Aliens are not a part of this hot topic. I'll save that for another day. Are you sure? Because the people I know who are into this usually wear tinfoil hats. Kristen, come on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am going to try to let go of all my skepticism. I'm sorry I'm making fun of this. I'm sure, knowing you, you have done so much research that my mind might be changed. This might actually be something that is good and useful. So I'm going to back up now and just let you take over. Go ahead. Tell us about All right. brain tapping. Okay. <laughs> so Kristen, before I get directly to brain tapping, first, I have to zoom out a little bit and talk about sleep. You know sleep, Kristen. You've heard of it. You do it. It's a recurring theme in self-help books that we've lived by in the past. We know it's good for us. We know most of us should be doing more of it. Sometimes it's hard to do, you know, sleep. Indeed. And yeah, I do sleep. I do love sleep. We have lived by sleep books for by the book. Pick three, The Sleep Revolution, loads of other books included entire sections on sleep. It's a big part of this betterment world. Exactly. And so people on TikTok, of course, are always sharing their tips and tricks for how to get to sleep. And brain tapping is one of the most suggested tips right now. Ooh. Okay. So you hooked me there because you know mm -hmm. I always want to sleep more. Right. Right. Very clever, Jolenta. Very clever. <laughs> brain tapping for sleep. Brain tapping for something Kristen likes. Yeah. Yes. But <laughs> what even is brain tapping, though? So... It's tapping different specific parts of your body with your fingertips while repeating a phrase. And if you do it, supposedly it calms you down and promotes emotional regulation and makes going to sleep easier. So am I literally like tapping on my head close to my brain when I'm doing this? You don't just tap wherever you want, Kristen. There are specific pressure points that come from traditional Chinese medicine. Uh, and those are the places you're supposed to tap. And then while you tap it, you're supposed to say like an affirmation. And that part of the process is based on cognitive behavioral therapy. So it's like a melding mm. of the two. Okay, these are two things I actually take seriously, Chinese medicine and cognitive behavioral therapy. Okay, so not aliens, no. real things. No, no, no. <laughs> no offense to aliens. I know you're real. Exactly. And so for the specific body parts, especially the ones being shown on TikTok, practitioners tend to be tapping a handful of times in the following areas, the top of the head, the inner end of the eyebrow, the temples under the eye, below the nose, below the lower lip, the clavicle, side ribs, the side of the hands, and each finger on the side, sort of near the nail bed. Hmm. And you mentioned saying some sort of affirmation as you right. do this. Like what kinds of things? So while you tap each spot, you say out loud something affirming and something about what's causing you stress. Like it's time to prepare for sleep. I choose to release my day or I'm preparing my body for a restful night's sleep even though there are still things left to do and think about. These are both examples from the tapping solution on TikTok, by the way. Oh, I like these kinds of affirmations because they're not necessarily lies. Like, right. I'm great at sleep, which a lot of people aren't great at sleep. They're not like delusional. Yes. yes. They're not like, I'm going to be a millionaire tomorrow. But yeah. they're like, I am a little stressed, but I'm going to try and let that go. Yes, yes. I like that. And where... 
exactly did this technique come from? You, you mentioned Chinese medicine, you mentioned right. cognitive behavioral therapy, but this specific method of right. combining the affirmations and the tapping, is there like a specific origin? There is. It doesn't take much digging to figure out that brain tapping is actually just sort of like a buzzwordy name for the emotional freedom technique, or EFT, as it's often called, and as I will be calling it moving forward. Okay. And for the most part, when you see or hear about a tapping technique for dealing with anxiety, depression, insomnia, etc., it's usually EFT that you're hearing about. And EFT was developed in 1979 by a dude named Roger Callahan, a psychologist who was also studying holistic medicine. So legend has it, Kristen, that he was working with a patient, Mary, who was deeply afraid of water. And she said that even thinking of water made her stomach hurt. And he mm -hmm. remembered that there's an acupuncture point under the eye that is tied to the stomach. So he had her tap that acupuncture point while talking about how she felt about water. And supposedly in an instant, she declared her stomach pain and fear of water had vanished. Uh, really? Thus, the tapping technique was born. <laughs> yes. That, wow. That's the story that the internet told me in multiple places. Uh, sources <laughs> are in the show notes, but that's like the common lore. Interesting, because I don't know. Quite the story. Th that seems like quite the story. Yes, that's the way to put it. <laughs> it's like quite the origin story. Like, it's a little too good. And so... Callahan kept having his clients tap, and he sort of worked out this formula that tapping acupuncture points in a specific order while thinking about their issues helped his patients reduce their anxiety. And this kind of therapy is called thought field therapy. It's still in use today. Got it. Tap in a certain order. Got right. it. Right. Yeah. Thought field therapy. Tapping in an order. <laughs> so Callahan had a student, Gary Craig. Gary Craig was an engineer, not a therapist, but he started messing with thought field therapy. And Craig found that tapping the spots in no specific order while saying what you're working on out loud was just as effective. And he named this sort of therapy the emotional freedom technique, a.k.a. EFT. Ah, so EFT, you don't have to do that specific order. Mm -hmm. Classic case of the non-therapist taking something, running with it, even though the therapist first came up with it, right? Exactly. And that is something we see a lot in this area. Someone being like, I learned this from a therapist, and then I made it its own form of therapy, even though I'm not a therapist. <laughs> and so basically tapping kind of stayed on the fringes, Kristen, until around 2013, when a book called The Tapping Solution by Nick Ortner came out and became a New York Times bestseller. That same year, a paper was published in The Clinical Psychologist saying that EFT was a pseudoscience and people should be wary of it. Uh, full disclosure, I did not write that article. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Kristen <laughs> did not. And basically, since that book came out over the past decade, tapping has exploded. More and more people use it to help deal with stress and find their inner calm. And more and more psychiatric professionals are using it in tandem with regular talk therapy. So even though that clinical psychologist article said it's a pseudoscience, mm -hmm. it's spreading like wildfire, the book is selling well. Yeah. And professionals are using it. Yes. 
And guess what, Kristen? Professionals like my own therapist know how to do EFT. Really? Yes, seriously. Oh my gosh, your therapist you've reported to me has said and done some great things with you, but I'm so surprised that uh, I know. EFT is part of it. Interesting. Yeah. So do tell. I tried it with her. <gasps> you did? Of course I did. <laughs> so I didn't do tapping for sleep. I did it for anxiety because I was staying at my mom's place because Brad had gotten COVID for a second time. And I was feeling very anxious about the surge that we're in right now. So we did some tapping to sort of alleviate that anxiety. Hmm. So how exactly did you do it then? Well, so she taught me the places to tap and she even sent me like a diagram to look at while she also like went over it on like the Zoom screen with me. I can put that diagram on our Instagram too if you guys want to see it. That's at how to be fine pod. And yes, I would love to see that too, Jolenta. Yes, I will totally post it for you. And next she told me what to say while I did the tapping. And Kristen, I have sound of this that I could play like audio diary style, but It's kind of boring. And this does bring me back to when I wanted to live by the tapping solution back in the day when we lived by by the book and you vetoed it because you were like, I think it'll sound boring. Even though we're (laughs) going to be doing a lot of stuff, it's going to sound like a lot of the same stuff for audio diaries. And I was like, oh, Kristen just doesn't want to try tapping. She's afraid of it. You may have been afraid of it, but also you were right. The audio diary sound is pretty boring. (laughs) Well, I want to hear it anyway. Please share. Okay, so here's what she had me say. I deeply love and respect myself, even though I'm afraid of the current outbreak of COVID. Deeply love and respect myself, even though I'm afraid of the current outbreak of COVID. I mean, I definitely feel more more calm, like a little more zen. And then she walked me through tapping each spot while repeating that phrase. And every time we finished, she'd have me rate my anxiety from zero to 10. So after the first go around, it was like a 7.5. Then we did it again. And after that, my anxiety was like a 6.5. Then after the third time, it was at a solid five. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then when she asked me at the end of all of it how I felt, I said basically like I cared a little less or like I felt less affected. And that was nice, you know, less like weighed down by the anxiety. Yeah. So it sounds like it worked, I guess. I don't know. Here's the thing. (laughs) I don't know if it worked or if I just knew I was supposed to feel less anxiety and it was some sort of placebo effect. And I was just like bringing that number down after each time. Like, I don't know. Mm. Although we do know the placebo effect can be very real. Believing something means it can help us frequently because our brain is so powerful, right? Right, right. So Kristen, to try to figure out a little bit more about if it works or not, you know I had to look at some research. Yes. So Kristen, earlier research like that 2013 article I mentioned earlier really seemed to imply that EFT was ineffective and that the benefits people were claiming to get from it were from the cognitive behavioral aspects of like saying what you're worried about out loud and saying affirmations out loud over and over again. Or they also just theorized it was the placebo effect, like I was wondering. Mm -hmm. But 
Within that same year, other studies were coming up with really different findings. There was a 2013 study that used EFT to treat veterans suffering from PTSD for six weeks, and they found that, quote, EFT subjects had significantly reduced psychological distress and PTSD symptom levels, and that 90% of the EFT group no longer met PTSD clinical criteria. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. And Kristen, only 4% of the group getting the standard care no longer met the criteria after that six weeks. Whoa. So it's like shocking findings. Yeah. Yeah, That's not like, you know, 1% or 2%. That's huge. Yeah. And in 2014, just the next year, researchers looked at how effective EFT was at reducing anxiety in school children and found that it was as effective as cognitive behavioral therapy in reducing their anxiety levels. Also, a good study in 2019 came out that looked at people taking EFT workshops, and it found some really cool stuff. On the psychological side, they found that participants experienced significant decreases in anxiety, depression, PTSD, pain, and cravings, and a significant increase in happiness. On average, their anxiety and depression decreased by around 35%, and PTSD symptoms decreased by around 32%, while happiness increased by around 30%. Wow, these numbers are huge. Yeah, these are surprising numbers. And so, Kristen, this study was cool because they also looked at physiological changes and found that on average, participants' resting heart rate dropped by 8%. Blood pressure dropped by around 6%, and cortisol levels, which are our stress hormone, dropped by 37%. Wow. So this isn't just a case of tapping affecting how we're thinking or feeling. It's actually affecting our physicality. Yeah, yeah. It's like changing us physically, not just mentally. And a 2022 study found another physiological change. This study looked at brain activity in chronic pain patients And they noticed that MRI analysis showed post-EFT treatment significantly decreased connectivity between the medial prefrontal cortex, a pain-modulating area, and bilateral gray matter areas in the posterior cingulate cortex and thalamus, both areas being related to modulating and catastrophizing of pain. So EFT can possibly like rewire the brain to feel less pain. Wow. I take MRIs seriously. I've had MRIs and... That's like real imaging. Yeah, that's that's for real. That's not self-reported on a scale of 1 to 10. How do you feel about this? This is like real, solid, documentable physical changes. Right, like wild. So, yeah. you know, while I wasn't sure how effective brain tapping was at reducing my anxiety, there does seem to be a lot of scientific evidence to back up the claim that it did. So you've given us a lot of food for thought on how brain tapping might be good for us. But I'm curious, are there any downsides to tapping other than the aliens? Well, okay. Aliens aside, um, (laughs) well, first of all, you should do it at least once with a professional to make sure like you're hitting all the right points and to make sure you're addressing stressors and trauma in the most constructive way, like delving into your own trauma can be like dangerous territory. And like you might want to do it with a guide, at least for the first few times. I definitely felt like much more supported and just like the process was much clearer to me having done it with an actual person. Definitely try it with a professional if you're interested. 
And the other thing to keep in mind about EFT, Kristen, is the cultural appropriation aspect. Of course there is. This probably, I'm guessing, goes back to what you were saying earlier about Chinese traditional medicine. Exactly. Because while tapping goes back to the 70s, acupuncture and acupressure, as we know, come from traditional Chinese medicine, which is ancient. And traditional Chinese medicine was popularized in the U.S. in the 60s. We talked about this a bit in the Gua Sha episode. And tapping evolved out of that in the 70s. And, you know, 20 years after that, we have EFT. And 20 years after that, it's going mainstream as a trendy stress reduction tool. So it's it's like very much an appropriated practice in some ways. Mm-hmm. And the whole like acupuncture meets cognitive behavioral therapy thing sounds kind of cute. But really, it's kind of saying like we took traditional Chinese medicine and improved on it by adding modern Western psychology to it. Uh, it's funny how we do that in the West, right? (laughs) And by funny, I mean, sometimes not funny at all. It's not a cute look. So, you know, I'd say overall, I'm a bit iffy on tapping still. It did reduce my anxiety. But like, since I knew it was supposed to, I don't know if it worked or if I just like fell into a trap I made for myself. (laughs) A tap or a trap? Oh, (laughs) And now that I know that it's not just like kind of some sort of silly looking practice, but it came from white dudes, one of whom who isn't a doctor, being like, we can make this ancient medicine better by adding our science to it. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be like a tapping practitioner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like my own therapist doesn't really use it with patients. She only did it with me because I was asking about it. And she said she had learned about it because... Some people say it's similar to EMDR therapy, and she's a practitioner of that. Mm, So, you know, like she sort of stumbled into it, but like it's not a tool she uses that often. So like probably not going to be doing it again. Not that I like actively disliked it, but just I'm very lukewarm. Mm -hmm. How do you feel, Kristen? Are you going (laughs) to tap yourself to sleep? Are you going to brain tap your little brain? Well, I'm not sure if you noticed, but as you were explaining how you do it and naming off the body parts and the acupressure points, did you see? I actually was tapping on she all the points as you yeah, talked about them. I'm I like, them. I'm like, oh, I'm going to tap on my clavicle. I'm going to tap on this point underneath my eye and my. She temple. even did it when I told the Mary story about how Mary tapped under her eye. Kristen tried it. Yes, I did. And in my mind, I thought, water, water, water. <laughs> 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 I did it, and you know what? It felt kind of good. Did it feel therapeutic, though? I don't know if it's the circumstances that we're doing a recording now or if it's just like not my thing, but it didn't feel therapeutic. But I think that any kind of massage, acupressure, scratching, pushing, tugging on my skin feels good. Right. I like all of those things. So, I mean, I I wouldn't be opposed to doing it just because it's like an extension of things I already do to myself to feel good, like I said scratching, rubbing, or massaging myself. I'm like, oh, I guess I could do that too is one other thing. But even though you do present some compelling evidence for how it can be useful for actually rewiring the brain, which we can see on MRIs, I still am hesitant to be fully on board because I feel like, I guess I want to just read more research on this. I want to know in the coming decades what's going to be said about it because it still seems relatively young as 
a science in its current iteration. We've only been studying it the way it is for the past like 10 years. So yeah, yeah. yeah. who knows what we'll learn, mm-hmm. what's to come. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be curious to see what happens next. I do know people who've benefited from EMDR therapy. So if your therapist believes it's kind of related to that, maybe this would also help my friends who do EMDR therapy. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think it's interesting. I do, as we all know from the top of this segment, joke about it and roll my eyes at it. But if it helps people, I'm all for it. Seriously. Don't take my joking as an excuse to not try something that might help you. If it might help you and if your doctor or therapist is a fan of it, I don't see why not. How about you, listeners? Are you going to try it? Have you tried it? (laughs) Are you a brain tapper? Is your brain on tap? Let us know all your (laughs) thoughts about it. You can email us at kristenangelenta at gmail.com or you can write in our Facebook group, which is always a good time, facebook.com slash groups slash kristenangelenta. Coming up, we hear from a letter writer who's looking for some homework. Hey, everyone, we're back with our first letter of the day. Jolenta, what do they have to say? Our letter writer says, Dear Kristen Angelenta, I recently left my partner of five years after finding out she was cheating. I moved back home from out of state, and I recently started a new job that's very unfulfilling. I've started therapy, but I feel that I need more homework or coping skills. I thought I was doing better, but my ex reached out today with her new girlfriend on the phone, basically wanting me to cover for her lies. Needless to say, it was not a healthy relationship. I've taken a million steps backwards in my progress by taking her call. Please help me find a read so that I don't feel so devastated and inadequate in my love life and career anymore and can hopefully develop some self-love. Oh, letter writer, I'm so sorry that you have been put through all of this. This sounds absolutely terrible. The cheating ex is bad enough, but then your ex calling you up to cover her lies with her current girlfriend? That's just psychotic. I'm sorry. I'm probably using the word psychotic wrong. Beyond tacky. But it's so hurtful. It's so self-centered. It's, oh, who does this? An asshole. Yeah, nobody who's decent or kind does this. This is not okay. It's not okay she did this to you. And Jolenta and I both are saying strongly and firmly now, you did not deserve this. Super uncool. Very, very uncool. And we're so sorry. But I do want to commend you because I feel like you've already taken so many steps forward. You physically relocated yourself, which is such an exhausting endeavor. Moving is tough, especially across state lines. Mm -hmm. Finding a new job, that's really tough. Finding a therapist, All of these are major steps forward. And even though you may feel like your ex calling you put you in a tailspin, it doesn't erase those major accomplishments. Right. Those are huge accomplishments. Some people drag it out for months even trying to leave the same house that they live in with a partner, much less like move across state lines, get a new job, get a therapist. So you've already accomplished so much, even though you feel like you've taken many steps backwards. You didn't take steps all the way back. Not at all. You still are way beyond this, even if it doesn't feel like it at this moment. So I want to commend you on all of that. Yeah. 
Huge kudos. I agree. The first thing I wanted to say was like, you did not take a million steps backwards. You might feel like it, but you didn't. Some of this progress, like, sorry, can't even be undone by a phone call. Yeah. You didn't accidentally move back in with them because of a <laughs> phone call. Sorry. Yes. Like, you've made some progress, and it sounds like you're doing your best to take care of yourself in, like, mm-hmm. a really frustrating, not very respectful situation sometimes. Yes. And so, huge, huge kudos give yourself a pat on the back for being where you are and anyone would have taken that fucking call i would have i would just be (laughs) so curious about what they wanted like it's not a million steps backwards it's human nature human curiosity was just picking up the phone you're not psychic even though you know she might be bad news you wouldn't have known what kind of bad news she was like don't beat yourself up if you want something to read or some homework to like pull your focus away from negative self-talk and such, I would maybe try the artist's way. I feel like even if you are not an artist at all, if you're really looking to find a book that guides you in creating a deeper relationship with yourself and finding what you appreciate, it's a great book. Like you have to take yourself on artist dates where you just go do things that you find enriching, whether it's like going to a rose garden or a museum or watching a really good movie, like intentionally. So yeah, if you want a book or homework, I would recommend The Artist's Way because it's a nice way to sort of get to know yourself and take yourself seriously and like treat yourself That isn't so like, just do affirmations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's actual process. It's actual activities. Yeah. Yeah. I also just want to add that if you want more homework, you can ask your therapist for it. Some therapists are going to focus on the why, on the going back, on asking lots of questions. And that can be very useful, but a lot of us work better if we're also given homework. And we can ask our therapist for it. We can say, can you give me constructive activities to do? Can you give me exercises that will help me with this or that? I know, Jolenta, you do that with your therapist and your therapist gives you great homework because you request it. But I do I do have to say, like, I love homework. Is there any homework around this? Yes. Like, if we're hitting some nail on the head, I'll be like, ooh, is there any homework I should do to, like, help me remember this lesson or something? Yeah. Don't be afraid to ask for it because a lot of the times they aren't giving it until you ask. Yeah, so please consider asking your therapist for homework. And another book to recommend. I'm just going to warn you, I have not read this in over 15 years. If I remember correctly, it's pretty heteronormative. It might feel super dated, but I used to love a book called, it's called A Breakup Because It's Broken. And just the title Mm -hmm. says it all, (laughs) you know? There's no reason to look back and think, oh, what did I do wrong? How could I fix this? Why aren't we together? It's called a breakup because it's broken. And what I liked about the book, even though, like I said, it's probably very dated at this point, it gave actual assignments. It wasn't just mantras. It wasn't just looking in the mirror and saying you love yourself. It was actual activities with actual instructions, with actual timelines. It maps out what to do when. And this might be useful for you. 
And it may also just be useful for you to look at the cover and remind yourself it's called a breakup because it's broken. This is a mm. broken thing. Here's more evidence of how broken it was. Here's evidence of how good it is to have moved beyond that thing. And I'm glad I'm not in it anymore. And I also just want to add one other thing that I think Joe Lenta's book suggestion, The Artist's Way, might help with also. Sometimes we're going to go through periods where not everything is going great, where we're not living our best emotional life or creative life. We're not living a professional life that feels fantastic to us. But sometimes doing little things every day for ourselves can remind us that we are more than our job. We're more than the neighborhood we live in. We're more than that ex-partner. And the artist way can help with that. We are people who think. We're people who have feelings. We're people who have creative instincts. We are friends. We are a lot of other things beyond the job that feels unfulfilling right now, beyond moving back to the home state. We are so many more things beyond that. So anything you can do to focus on all of those other things, I would highly recommend right now. And remember, a lot of us are in unfulfilling jobs for a little Mm -hmm. while, and then we find more fulfilling ones. A lot of us are in the aftermath of a breakup for a while, and then we're not in the aftermath anymore. And these are just moments that we go through, however painful they are. We can move through them. And along the way, we can find other things we enjoy doing and like about ourselves. Yeah. Also, one thing our amazing producer Chantel just reminded us of, if you get really thrown by your ex calling, if it feels like a backslide, even though it really isn't, you can block their number if you just want them to not show up on your phone. Very smart, smart advice from Chantel. Yeah, I totally am on board for that. After I break up with somebody, you know what I do? I don't just block their number. I delete them from all of the social apps. You cannot see what I am posting on Facebook now. Sorry, X. You don't deserve me anymore. No LinkedIn contacts, nothing. We are not connected anymore. Even LinkedIn. Yeah. Goodbye and good luck, but not really because I don't care about you. Nice. All right. Don't block us, but we're going to take a quick break. And while we do, we'd be so grateful if you took a hot second to rate us and review us wherever you're listening right this second. It helps us know what you're liking about the show. It helps other people find the show. So give it a shot. Coming up, a letter writer is dealing with a tough move. All right, we are back and we have letter number two for today. Kristen, would you read this one? Yes. Dear Kristen and Jolenta, I don't know what to do. My partner a bit unexpectedly received an offer for their dream job. Unfortunately, the job is back in our home country. We've been living in France for the past eight years and I'm absolutely heartbroken. I don't want to move back and especially not to where we would have to live. I like the lifestyle we and our children have, and more importantly, after years of struggling with friendships, I have really close friends now. However, we are both foreigners, and it hasn't been easy with contract employment and not great pay. The job is an extremely rare opportunity, and it would be insane to pass up, and it comes with good pay, stability, and the opportunity to set down roots. The news is still recent, and half of our little family are so happy and excited, while my eldest and I are constantly breaking down into tears. Can this get better? Have you been faced with a situation like this and been able to develop a better perspective? 
Any recommendations? Oh, letter writer. What a tough, tough situation. I am sorry. You have to uproot your life. I hate those situations where it's like such a good opportunity, but such a like blow at the same time. Those just suck and they're not fair. But also like, you know, sometimes you got to deal with them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tale as old as time. People relocating for work, people needing to move to get better work and so on. A lot of us have been through it. When I was a teenager, my stepfather had to do it. He moved from Minnesota to Colorado. And along with him, my mom and I went. And I will be frank with you, it was really tough for the first few months. I cried Mm. almost every day. I didn't have friends. It didn't come for me easily. And part of what kept my spirits from completely descending into misery was the fact that I was able to stay in touch with my friends and family back in Minnesota. And that's even easier to do nowadays than it was way back then. Now we have things like FaceTime. We have a million apps to talk with each other. We have social media. Back then, I literally wrote letters back and forth with my friends. She gave them to a man on a horse and he rode them (laughs) to the Western Union. And then, no, I'm kidding. Yes. And only occasionally did I do phone calls because long distance calls were so expensive. Oh my gosh. I forgot when long distance calls were so expensive. Yeah. And so eventually I was able to find my way. Mind you, I was a teenager in a different phase of my life. But what helped me a lot was finding a small space where I could feel not so overwhelmed, where I could feel a little bit more in control of the situation and where I could be happy. And for that, I turned to a little restaurant that I got a job at because Mm. my high school with all of the hundreds of students felt overwhelming. But working at a little restaurant where there were only a dozen employees, that felt like something I could do more easily. And also restaurants just happen to be very friendly places in my experience. I've worked at a lot of restaurants over the years. They're very social. They can be very fun. And so after a few months when we moved to Colorado, that's what I did. And It really helped build my confidence. I made friends at work. I brought that confidence with me to school. Before you knew it, I had friends at school as well. So everything began to come together for me just by finding a little Mm. place where I felt a little bit more open to making friends, a little bit more in control of things. And so maybe for you, letter writer, that's getting a part-time job. Maybe that's volunteering in your kids' schools. Maybe that's joining a neighborhood group. Maybe it's joining a book club. There are lots of different ways that you can try to find your footing in a new place. And the examples that I'm giving are just the tip of the iceberg. There are so many other ways to do it. What about you, Jolenta? What advice do you have for our letter writer? Ah, Well, Kristen, what's helped me in situations like this, and I've never been so fully uprooted, but I feel like I had to deal with like a smaller, more temporary version of this when Brad was assigned to live like a year and a half in New Hampshire and on the road right after we got married to cover uh, the 2016 election. It was like a huge deal for his career, but it also really sucked. And what helped us was a lot of planning ahead researching and looking at pictures of places online that we could go or check out in New Hampshire, planning activities. I got really excited to go to this outlet mall. I talked about it a lot. And that helped 
the sort of looming date of him leaving and me having to like go back and forth to see him, it made it like a bit more palatable. It made it so every once in a while I was excited about going to hike up this little hill or go to that outlet mall, as previously mentioned, like having those little (laughs) bright spots to look forward to while also being overwhelmed and very frustrated and annoyed with the overall situation, like definitely helped. You can also do that the other way around. Like you said, Kristen, to stay in touch with people who you currently have connections with where you currently live. Planning ahead for like, Zoom friend dates or like a Zoom book club so you guys can all stay in touch and have that to look forward to when you're feeling lonely and homesick after the move. You know that's coming up. Or when you're just feeling terrified about I won't talk to my friends as much before the move, you can be like, it's okay, we have a plan. Planning ahead has really helped me in situations like this. And like, it just helps you feel like a little bit more in control of an out of control situation. And it sounds like you have great friends you want to stay in touch with. So, like, why not formalize it a little? Yeah. And just one last piece of advice that might help you. There was a book we lived by during our, I think it was seventh or eighth season of By the Book called This Is Where You Belong by Melody Warnick. And Melody Warnick is somebody who has moved a lot in her life and wanted to put down more permanent roots and come up with strategies for actually making a community feel like home, develop friendships, feel less unsettled. And so she tried a bunch of things and she wrote about it in her book, This Is Where You Belong. So perhaps letter writer, if you read her book or listen to our episode on This Is Where You Belong, maybe that will also help you a little bit. We hope it does. Yeah, definitely check that one out. That's it for this episode of How to Be Fine. Huge thank you to our production team at Stitcher, our executive producer, Nora Ritchie, our producer, Chantel Holder, and our composer and engineer, Casey Holford. Reminder, you can always weigh in on the conversation on our confidential Facebook community. As mentioned earlier, that's facebook.com slash groups slash Kristen and Jolenta. And of course, you can send in your advice questions there as well, if you like. Until next time, I'm Jolenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. See you next week. Until then, stay fine. Stitcher. 